sharing wisdom and speaking truth, this is the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the IPHC Leadership Cast. This is our very first episode for the year 2018. And so we're very excited to kick off the year uh, here with Jeff Patterson, who is the Director of Maintenance here at the GMC building and also the co-pastor at River of Life uh, Church here in uh, Oklahoma City. Um, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, It's very, very good to have you on the program. It's been a long time coming. We've wanted to talk to you for a while, so we've been talking a little bit uh, to you even since last year just about you know some of the things that we could we could discuss with you this year uh, but one thing that we wanted to cover especially now that we're moving into our core value emphasis focus on all generations um, is to cover uh, you know a way that we can we can bridge the gap between generations um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that today and then also just ask uh, ask you to share a little bit about your background in ministry you know where you went to school and and, and things like that okay so okay. go ahead and if you if you wouldn't mind telling us that we'll we'll start there start with the background first yeah with the background right. first yeah. well um, well first of all um, I'm from a very small town called Braidoy Oklahoma home of the donkeys he honk <laughs> the donkeys yeah we got made fun of a lot um, <laughs> But um, I graduated from that high school, and then I came up to Oklahoma City to go to school at Southwestern Christian University. Uh, found the school in the Yellow Pages. Didn't have the internet then, so I just nice. found the school. Found it. So came <laughs> yeah, up here. Didn't know anybody. Yeah? yeah. I didn't know anybody. I just just came. Now, let me, so. let me ask you this. When you were looking in the Yellow Pages, how, uh, what did you look up to, in order to find... Like, how'd you find Southwestern in the Yellow Page? I just had colleges there, and so I just... Just checking out all just the colleges? Just checking out colleges, and I went and visited awesome. Southwestern, didn't visit any other one. I said, this is the one for me. That's awesome. So, anyway, um, I graduated there in 2005. I'm a, I'm a five-termer, not a four-year, you know. Some people can do it in four years. I did it in five, so... I'm, I'm with you on that yeah, one. Okay, I was good. the same thing. <laughs> and then after that... Um, uh, I went to. I came back to work at the school, and while at work at school, I got my master's um, in um, biblical leadership. And while all that, uh, youth pastor and river of life, and just being really involved there, um, I've been I've been there for about almost 13 years as youth pastor or um, a, a leader of some sort, an associate pastor, and now co-pastor looking to take over the lead position as pastor gotcha. so um, we're making that transition 2018 and um, and we're excited and looking forward to bringing people on board and joining our team to do it that's so. amazing that's amazing that's that's an exciting this is a, a an exciting year to be uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff is transitioning for a, a lot of different departments and so you moving into that lead pastor position is a really exciting time and, and yeah. uh, I know uh, uh, you know, of course, when the Lord puts something like that on your heart, it's just and leads you into that type of position. It's a it's a a huge uh, appointment, and yeah. that's that's awesome. So yeah. um, now now let me ask you. I know that uh, uh, we've talked a little bit about this uh, prior to our discussion right now, but but all generations you've you've been able to work with, as you mentioned, youth uh, in the youth pastor capacity, um, all the way up through to to you know our older generations in the church and things like that. What are some of the ways? that you have noticed make it, uh, uh, um, let's say, easier to bridge the gap between those generations when there's, you know, a lot of, of differences of outlook on, you know, modern society or, or how things are done or things like that. What are some of the, the easy ways to, to bring people working together from all generations and, and bridge that gap that sometimes people 
uh, perceive as there. Yeah, I think one of the things that you need to do is come in like a wrecking ball. And I'm not just saying that because it's Miley Cyrus, but the, what, what I mean by that is that you need to break down the barriers that have been put up before. Yeah. Um, sometimes you think that in order for um, uh, kids, teenagers to connect with adults, um, that they have to grow up to be adults before you can actually connect them. And, and by then it's too late. Yeah. Um, I see the importance of it being done at an early age. I remember as a child being in home groups the Bible studies, and I remember praying with um, the adults and hearing my parents pray and, 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 and seeing people healed and those things in that setting. And not too many times do you ever hear of children being with their parents in those times anymore. It's more of they're being babysitted by something or something along those lines. Right. About three years ago, God had put something in my heart um, to do a, a small group for our church, and we called it Solomon's Porch because we like to be outside. And and but it's a it's a, what we call a river group, and in that um, I really wanted to be all for generations. And so we had from um, eighty to two in this group, and we sometimes had twenty five to thirty people there. And what we did is we allowed the kids to give their request, and then they prayed for one another. But then they got to hear us respond also to the word, and they got to respond to the same word that we're hearing so that we can encourage them. And then at the end of it, we're praying for our children, but we're doing it alongside of each other. So you had grandparents doing it with, you know, their grandkids or not even their, you know, their kids. And so we really need to break the barrier that we have to entertain our children. But yet we, what we need to do is we need to put them into a place that they can see it modeled on what it means to live a Christ-like life. Yeah. And you can't see it behind um, a classroom. Though We want to see it through our teachers. And right. there is a time and place for that. Um, but if we're just relying so much on our teachers rather than um, or, you know, our small groups or our families to teach your children the way that God would have us be, then uh, we're really we're putting our hands in man and we're not putting our hands in, you know, we're not, we're not giving it to God. Yeah. We're just, we're just doing it yeah. ourselves. Well, let me ask you this. What is um, the most effective way to communicate that uh, to people to get them uh, in the mindset of, we don't have to have our kids go to a separate, a separate type, uh, you know, study or, or event in the church. We can, we can do things together mm-hmm. and they will understand if it's not directly by, total comprehension of, of what's being said by the leader. It's through the, the mentorship of the, the, uh, the adults, the mentorship of the, the older individuals in the church. They can help guide them if they've got questions, things like that. How do we, how do we get people to start looking at it that way? Yeah, uh, it's, it's really hard because we've been doing it for such a long time. Of we're now, we're, you know, we've just kind of been separate or whatever. Um, it's more. It's a challenge. Uh, I would say that I had it all together, um, and that River of Life had it all together, and we don't. Um, I do know that a few years ago we we decided to let our children stay in a time of worship with us, and then we released them back to go to kids' church, so that they can experience a worship time. Yeah. Um, and that has been very beneficial for my family. And I'm speaking to my family. My, my daughter loves to dance before the Lord, and so she likes. She has a corner, and she dances. My son now plays 
I can't remember what they're called, but they're called congas or bongas. I don't know. But um, he started out just wanting to practice with the team, and he actually began to keep a beat. And he got fairly well that they asked him, hey, would you like to start playing on stage now? That's awesome. And so he gets to play on stage with the main the main group. And my youngest son, he's still trying to learn. He's trying to learn you know, who he is. He's five years old. Um, but it's been good for them to be a part of that. That's and awesome. We shouldn't be, um, and, and I think children's church and things like that is valuable. Um, I do, um, but I also think them being involved in the main service is is very important. Very yes. important. Well, it gives them a, a a visualization and an experience with their parents, with other people in the church, the older generation, to see and have an influence uh, in worship. You know what it what it looks like to worship together. What it Correct. looks like to, um, you know, have a time of you know altar. You know, have an altar call, a time of, of worship down at the altar, or um, <clears throat> even even whenever uh, you know, like you were talking about the you called it Solomon's porch, mm. where you had all all ages out there learning and and looking at the same scriptures and and talking about the same thing together. Yeah, and uh, I think that's awesome. I think that's such an important and vital part of. Uh, our churches today that we need to grasp and bring in and incorporate more. You know, then I agree with you too. There is definitely a time for children's church and mm-hmm. and a more tapered, focused uh, learning for the kids. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think you're absolutely right. There's such an important value in bridging that that gap between the generations and having them be together in some in some capacities where. Uh, the kids can learn and, and, and get that mentorship from the from the uh, the older generations. Let me ask you this: What are some of the things you're looking forward to uh, going forward as you move into the the uh, senior pastor position at, at River of Life and and uh, uh, you know taking on a whole new aspect of ministry in your life? What are some of the things you're excited about? Anything that the Lord's put on your heart that you've been kind of mulling over for uh, going into the future that you're going to kind of take into to the same concept of, of all generations and bringing them together? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that has been really in my mind the last, um, the last, I guess it's actually been like like six months, um, and I don't know why God put it in my heart then, but now I know why now. Um, but um, I think it's important for all generations to belong, thrive, and go, that they need to belong to the family of God. They need to belong to the body of Christ. Yeah. That they thrive and they get connected, and the only way you can get connected is by being plugged into something, um, and then go. Is that you know that's our that's our commission, you know, to go and tell people and re- repeat that cycle, um, and I hope to see that uh, with River of Life that uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to get people to feel as if they belong, not by any works that. We are trying to do by our own, but we're going to seek God in this because so many times we try to do things ourselves without seeking God about a situation or direction. Um, but we're just seeking Him and saying, God, where are you want to lead us and what do you want us to do? And so I would say that also in the future that uh, I would like to see that our, our children and our youth are plugged into the aspect of serving so that... Um, when they do get up the age that they're about to graduate high school and, they, and they're and they about to go off to college, that 
they feel the the need to be able to serve within the, the 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 church, so that if they do go off, that they want to be a part of another church to be able to serve in that capacity because they felt as if, hey, I got a lot out of um, Jerry that was at the front door and he was greeting. He always he always um, taught taught me how to greet with a smile. He always shook you know shook hands and he really he really mentored me a lot. So I really want to be able to see that um, also at River of Life to have that mentorship happen naturally not forced i want to be a part of a culture yeah and so we just gotta work on that and go from there go from there that's awesome and uh you know i think that i heard a a statistic one time and i I don't want to quote the numbers because i don't remember them to be quite honest but it was talking about the huge majority of people once they hit college age uh, even if they've grown up in the church between sometime it's between a few ages in their 20s is when a massive drop-off in church attendance yeah. happens. And it's, it's usually when uh, some of the younger generations have gotten to that point where they're out on their own, they get mm-hmm. involved in college, maybe they get a, a job that they're yeah. more serious about now and things like that. And uh, so I think ingraining that into um, the church body when they're young and teaching them, that, hey, you can serve. Just because you leave your home church to go off to college somewhere or do something like that, get plugged into another church. We're all part of the same body. Uh, and we're all you know striving for the same thing. And, uh, and the service at another church is just as important as it was at your home church. And just because you're not maybe able to make it back to your home church um, doesn't mean you need to stop going or, or things like that. So right. I think that's, uh, that's hugely important. Jeff, I hate, to, I hate to do this, but we're already running close to the end of our time. And uh, it goes by so quick, especially when the conversations are good. So yeah, yeah. Um, I want to just ask, do you have anything, any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners, um, uh, things going forward that you're, you're, uh, you're thinking about or, or, you know, advice that you have for them on, on this process of bridging the gap between all generations? Yeah, I think it's just really important that um, you can't, uh, the other day I was speaking, or I was not speaking, I was listening uh, to a leader by the name of Conrad Lowe, and he said there's five steps of influence, and I think it's really important for us to understand when it goes into trying to bridge that generational gap. One is position, mm-hmm. and second is relationship. A third is uh, results, fourth is leadership, and fifth is pinnacle. And the thing is, is that as you're stepping up the steps of influence, you cannot have results. You can have you can have a position, but you can't have results without the relationships. And in order for us to be able to see our generations bridge that gap, um, we're gonna have to build relationships with the generations, and that's what's gonna bridge that gap. And then we're gonna begin to see results. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing. We want to have you back in the future. We've got a lot of other things we want to talk to you about. Um, I know you've been doing a lot of uh, research and study into things like the the five strengths, uh, you know, strength finder and things like that. Um, So we want to have you back on in the the future. But for now, we're going to have to close it down. Thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Garrett, for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.